you know, send us the link to the video, you know, put your name, all that stuff. And you got to agree to the terms. Mm. Okay. So you sell your rights to the video <laughs> and then you can't fucking use it for anybody else. Wow. You can't give it to anybody else and you can't even monetize it on your own YouTube channel. So you make no money? Yeah, exactly. So what I did get a whole bunch of followers on my Facebook page. I went from like 4,000 to like 10,000 in a couple of days, but I was getting offers afterwards mm -hmm. telling me that people that work with like shows like Ellen and, and like fucking crazy, like TV shows, they're telling me like, Hey, we're interested in working with your video. You we could give you some, it. we can give you some like, um, residual, like some, uh, residual income and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, no. I got so pissed. I want to like fucking, I want to fly up to Britain. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. You know, from the ground up, <laughs> happy Halloween, all you filthy, dirty animals out oh, there. Oh, okay. I thought that was Christmas. <laughs> Shh, don't worry about <laughs> it. But it's, um, today we have David from... Tiki's Geckos. So, David, if you could just give us a little overview of what you work with and uh, your business. Yeah, so um, basically, uh, I specialize in breeding um, most of the new Caledonian geckos. That's going to be the crested geckos, the gargoyle geckos. I also work with the lichianis. Um, but besides the geckos, we also do a lot of like chameleons and other lizards. Pretty much anything um, that people could want, we we all, we could uh, find a way to get it. We either special order it or a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff we breed. Um, now blue tongue skinks too. So you know, just like all of us reptile people, we start off with maybe one or two different species, and we start getting into a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. But uh, but that's what me what I work with the most. Yeah, after a little while, I mean, you get bored with the same thing happening over and over again. So as far as um, geckos go, I know my opinion on why crested geckos are probably like the best pets you could have as far as for first time reptile Wait, people. Yeah. Can we ask how we got started no, first? That's ask. a background. We got to go back. So I want to <laughs> ask, why do you think a crested gecko is the best reptile, the first uh, pet reptile well, or whatever? Well, there's a there's a lot of reasons. I think is um because of how easy they are to care for, um because of how soft they are. Uh, a lot of people, especially at the reptile shows, when they hold the gecko for the first time, that's when they you see their eyes light up and they're like, "Oh man, I, I never knew it was this soft," because um, they feel almost like like suede or or um like velvet almost. Mm -hmm. And I think the last reason would be because of the you know the variety of the patterns and colors that always attracts a lot of people you know just like with uh any any other reptile really you know leopard geckos ball pythons i think that's why they're so popular too because just so much variety in in morphs and coloration and uh there's a little bit of something for everybody and not to mention you can keep them pretty much room temperature and yeah, them okay, yeah. from a powdered mixture. So, I mean, that is <laughs> exactly. the easiest thing you could do for a reptile. Sounds I like mean, a dog. You don't, you don't have to deal <laughs> with sounds like taking you know, care rodents of a dog. or anything like room that. Temp and give them I mean, you got to do keep the humidity up and stuff like that. So Yeah, what, but it's, it's so easy. When it comes to like lizards, I always tell people it's like, 
it is the easiest lizard to to keep you know yeah i mean i don't really mess with lizards because they are harder to keep but i did keep crest yeah. for a little while but that came and went but um <laughs> so can we do my question yeah, now <laughs> i just want well i mean we usually start when we have a guest like tell us like how'd you get into reptiles was it like from when you were a kid like how did you start all of this well, um, well, ever since I was a little kid, I, I mean, like all of us, we ha I had a fascination for animals and dinosaurs. And uh, actually, when I was little, I used to have like all the little toy dinosaurs and I used to know every single name. Don't ask me that now because I don't remember. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just had a fascination with reptiles and um, I'm originally from Venezuela. And when I moved here, like people over there don't keep reptiles like they do here. So when I moved here, I saw like a lot of people kept, you know, like bearded dragons, iguanas and all these things. And my aunt actually married an American guy that um, he bred uh, snakes, he bred boas and, and a couple other pythons, like Burmese pythons and everything. So he took me to my first reptile show. And uh, I just remember like all the different species of you go crazy when you first go to a reptile show as a kid, especially. Um, and I asked my mom for an iguana. I wanted an iguana. Um, they ended up getting me a bearded dragon. And that just, you know, that started the whole thing. That was like the snowball effect. After I got my bearded dragon, I started looking into different reptiles. Eventually, I came across the crested gecko. Um, also, I might have been like, like 12 or so. So I ended up saving up for one. I did my research. I got one. And back then, we used to, we used to feed the baby food with a... We used to just add calcium to the baby food. And Rapashi, <laughs> the Rapashi brand is... Do that, but... Wait, like like formula? Baby? No. no like, yeah, like, like Gerber. Like Gerber. What? Yeah. That's what you, we used to feed. We just <laughs> added calcium and the vitamins. We used to mix it and give it to the geckos. Uh, so we used to do that. And then Rapashi started picking up back then the, the, the diet. And um, yeah, man, we... Like, I remember getting into it, and then I saw guys like um, AC Reptiles and all these guys, and I'm like, yo, are these people making a living out of this? So I started a little hobby out of it. And as I saw that I could – I mean, I, when I started this, I was maybe like 18 or, or 17. I was still in high school. And I saw that I could make a little bit of money out of it, and then I saw that people were making a living out of it. So to me, it was a no-brainer. This is what I wanted to do, you know? I see that you started your YouTube channel like six years ago. Is that about Whoa. the time frame as far as when you got into geckos or was there a no. certain time where you kept and didn't make YouTube videos? Yeah, no, I, I kept uh, I kept those the Crested Geckos for a while before I made the videos. Um, I started making the videos just, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I just started making videos. I thought it would be cool, you know, and I thought people would, would, uh, would like the, you know, to see how other people keep their their geckos and stuff um but yeah i just when i started uh i i probably i at first i just kept some crested geckos as pets you know and then um i got out of crested geckos for like a year or two and then i got back in and then i started breeding them more just as a, like a little you know like any any reptile hobbyist mm -hmm. you know like a little project and then and then i got i had an opportunity to buy like a like a 50 lot of, of oh, gecko wow. babies. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it out as a business. And then, uh, 
the rest is history. <laughs> Are you coming at it from, you know, like Anthony Caponetto, like you said, uh, what is his business name? AC Reptiles or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you going from a wholesale angle? I mean, he does some wholesale and then some designer yeah. stuff. What's your angle as far as that goes? Well, I, I think I think both. Um, I I want to do a lot of the like he has the special morphs that he works with, and you know all the designer animals, which I want to do that as well. But I really think that the people who are making a living out of this and not struggling are the ones who are wholesaling. Mm. Right. Um, you know because. You know, it's you guys know it's tough to make a living out of animals. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. And people, like, it, it's probably taking like five years before you can start actually making money like and not being comfortable. Back. Yeah, exactly. Before you start, you know, paying back all the stuff you already bought and and everything. But um, but yeah, I think what what I'm trying to do is um, expand into uh, not just geckos. I, I also want to do a couple different other reptiles. Um, and, and do maybe some wholesaling. Uh, I'll see how that goes. Yeah. Cause people always tell me like, Hey, you're breeding corn snakes. All you're going to breed is a hundred dollar snakes, $150 snakes. What you don't realize is that the demand is much higher than the supply. Even here, probably the same with crested geckos. So if you're, um, you know, producing at a wholesale level, you know, there's definitely consistent money in that instead of always having to reinvest twenty thousand dollars in a morph or something crazy like that with ball pythons i mean you have a sustainable business where your product doesn't degrade by you know a hundred percent after like two years or something or fifty yeah. percent after two years but what was your question gonna be um well we've talked about wholesaling as it relates to snakes in the past and i know we've had different like viewpoints on wholesaling and some people in the snake world i feel like they think it I don't know if it's less it's taboo it's, it's some yeah. people view it's yeah. less respected and i'm wondering if that's true in the gecko world also um honestly i don't i don't really i don't really think about that stuff i mean i know that um i, I think it comes down to how you uh talk to people how you do handle you know your business with people um i feel like there are some people that might maybe they wholesale and people think that they don't really care about the animals because mm -hmm. they're just worried about moving animals. But at the end of the day, nobody gets into this business and, and succeeds in a long term because they don't care about the animals, you know, right. in order, I believe that in order to do something and be the best at it, you gotta, you gotta care about it. You gotta like it. And if you don't, you know, um, I don't think you're going to last. And I've seen that with a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, I mean, and it's not to, you know, to say they're wrong or maybe they just don't realize it, but they get it like a, like a, a certain inspiration of, or like a motivation for a certain amount of time and they want to breed animals and they think they're going to make great money at it. And then they start to see it's not that easy. And then, you know, they get out right away. Yeah. But, um, but I think, I think like, yeah, definitely, um, definitely some people, uh, don't see it. Like they kind of downplay it a little bit, but it is what it is. You know, you can't you can't think about what everybody thinks. You'll go nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's so many people out there who um, they get a collection really, really quick and get a bunch of animals way, way, way too quick. And then yeah. once one animal gets sick or something bad happens, then their motivation 
sass. Yep. And then, so is there any moment, I know there was for me, for me, like when I kept ball pythons, like I had almost like a quarter of my collection at the time got sick and ultimately died, even though I spent, you know, a bunch of money trying to get the medicine and stuff like that and going to the vet. And um, so was there a moment like that for you where you had to push? It doesn't have to be half your animals dying or something, <laughs> but is there a moment where you almost failed or thought about quitting? Um, yeah, there there have been moments like, um, I mean, I, I've never had, like, thankfully, I've never had like a, like a big disease in my colony. Knock where on I, wood. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like that, I lose animals every now and then. I'll lose an animal out of nowhere, an adult, and I'll be like, "What the hell?" But you know, like I don't, I don't find the reason. I don't see it. all the other animals are fine. The ones that were ho- being housed um, with that animal were fine. So I, I think it's sometimes you just some animals die. You know, it's when you're keeping hundreds of animals that's going to happen. Um, but no, I haven't had something like that happen yet. Uh, but I, I understand that that's part of it. I understand that that's part of, you know, every, every business, every occupation has its ups and downs. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, if it comes, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, take it on the chin. But, um, yeah, I mean, certainly some, sometimes you think like, damn, am I, am I going to be able to make a living out of this? Cause you know, you want to have a family and everything <laughs> and you don't know if like, sometimes you're like, damn, like, uh, I remember, guys, the first time I did a reptile show, I mean, I was maybe like, I don't know, like, maybe like 18 years old Whoa, or something. Oh, that's young. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't sell one gecko. I yeah. went there two days <laughs> a weekend. I didn't sell one gecko. It was a small show, but still, I was like heartbroken. I was like, damn. But uh, so those those times definitely question. Um, they test you a little bit. Yeah. But I think that kind of like... I, I don't know. That kind of molds you into into who. It, it makes it that much sweeter now when I'm when I'm doing well at the shows or something or online. <laughs> right, and I think it goes out to you being available. People don't realize they need to be available and like out there on social media and market, and people need to know yeah. who they are in order for people to buy from them. Yeah. So, okay, speaking of that, like, we also, okay, number one, let me put out there in the beginning, I don't know shit about geckos, so (laughs) my questions are going to be very, very basic. I'm going to try not to do too many basics. He knows way more than me, but I know nothing. live for a period of time, for sure. But the best way, I guess, is to try to, like, make connections between the gecko world and the snake world, because I know, like... A little bit. Because you get crossover people. Um, So we've talked a lot about that um, as far as like marketing and stuff and kind of like the old guy versus new guy thing in that. Now, Crested Gackos have only been around for 20 years. Yeah, good reason. So (laughs) thanks, Google. Um, (laughs) So do you feel like there's as much of a like old guy versus new guy technique since it's only been around for 20 years? Like... Um, well, I definitely see the difference between, let's say, someone like myself and then, like, uh, a freaking legend, like, um, oh, I don't know, like, the ha- like Hamper, Robbie Hamper. Like, these people have been breeding. They were, like, the pioneers of these animals. But I see the difference when it comes to, like, how they market their stuff mm-hmm. and how they deal with customers and online stuff. Um, for example, there's a there's a guy that breeds blue tongue skinks. His name is Ray Gergi. He is one of the biggest blue tongue skink breeders in the United States. 
but he just got Facebook like maybe like this year or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. so, and I love the guy. He's awesome. He's helped us a lot. But uh, you can definitely see the difference. It's like some people are so old school, but I think the people, it's like anything else, man. You got to adapt. You got to evolve because it does the market, the business doesn't care. It'll leave you behind. It won't look back. Lucky, and you lucky for him. Lucky for him, he's like one of the only guy doing like the northern more yeah. stuff like that. So that's why he's able to survive in a place where there's a million crested gecko breeders, a million core snake breeders. That's yep. where us doing this kind of the stuff new guys <laughs> differentiate, I guess. That, exactly, that's right because um, it doesn't cut it anymore to just post some pictures online. You know, especially well, if you don't have a following. No pictures. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's. It's a different. The game is changing. It it's always gonna change, but uh, but it's fun, man. Like I like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How many animals are you working with? What's your the size of your collection? Um, probably around like two hundred and fifty adults. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but listen, the big guys they have like seven thousand adults. Yeah. So I am nothing right now. Um, Ask your comment question. Uh, why the but yeah, I mean, basically eventually first. I'll get to that point. Why is it called colony and we call it collection? No, no, I'm talking about you had the. Question I know, I know, that. but I have that question. This question okay. now, why do they call it? Because it's not the whole collection. It's just. So, do you keep your geckos in colonies as far as like breeding pairs and stuff like that? Yeah, you. I house them together. Um, Usually I'll have like one male with at least uh, one or two females. Unless I don't have a female for that male, then he'll be housed by himself. But for the most part, I'll have I'll keep the geckos together. Um, you know, the babies I like to, if it's like a like a holdback or something, I like to house it by itself just because it's gonna it's gonna be growing that much quicker if it's by itself. And then as babies, they're all separate. I mean, do you find that they'll like drop their tail or something if? you house them together so the the thing is if you if you house them together that's fine if they're babies and juveniles you can house them together but you can't mess up the feeding if you mess up the feeding or if you miss a day of uh, of crickets if you're feeding like crickets every week and then there's one week or two weeks that you miss crickets they'll start to nip on each other's tails mm. so tails you could even get drop tails or you could get little like little nips on the tails which will heal perfectly but um, it's not as please like doesn't look as nice aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna have a question. No, she's just looking at so, you. because <laughs> I know I kept when I kept them. What I read was you know one point three or one point four, and how I kept was one point four. But it seems like you are specifically breeding a one male to one female. Is that correct? It, no, not necessarily. It depends. Um, it depends on certain things. Like if I'm specifically looking to uh produce something i want to know exactly where the eggs are coming from for example like i want to know who that these eggs are from this female because if you have like a four you know five crested geckos in a in a cage and you just find eggs in the lay box it's like all right who the hell are these know. from yeah so um so if i'm doing something like that if i'm like trying to specifically breed for a certain trait or if i'm like if the male, if I only have one female for that male, but most of the time I try to give males at least a couple females, and then especially the nice ones. 
are you line breeding specific looks or for me when i did it i just mixed everyone up but that's probably the wrong way to go i was like dalmatian with harlequin and whatever whatever let's pop up some weird shit but do you specifically line breed specific things for certain looks um, well, I don't, I don't really line breed like in terms of I will only really line breed if I if I see something in particular that I want to reproduce that I think might be something that could develop into something in the future. But for the most part, it's just selective breeding. Like I'll get a lot of I have a lot of animals from a, do, a lot of different lines. So I'll just put stuff together that that I think will make really nice offspring or that I think, you know, will like bring out the best in the offspring basically that was <laughs> i wish i had a beer guys uh, yeah <laughs> it probably seems like I, we're just like chugging beers over here you're like what the fuck are these people doing <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's great when you emailed me and was like is this pg i don't know what to do it's like that's probably a good sign it's not PG. yeah it's no because uh Cause so I like I told you I, I want to make a a podcast. I'm actually working on it, but I don't want it to be PG. You know, I mean my yeah. videos. I I make the videos a little more like it's not like I'm being super, you know, PG. But I I just you know some a lot of a lot of kids watch that stuff. But yeah. the podcast is just gonna be like normal, you know, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to making that. <laughs> we do kind of the same thing. Like my YouTube channel is very. Yeah. It's not PG. PG but it's just, it's just right. It's uh, just it's, because like when I'm yeah. talking about what I'm speaking, I'm not going to curse as much as right. when it's off the top of my head and I'm just conversational. Right. Yeah. But I try to be myself, but it's much harder on video than, than just talking. But, but talking. dude, have you guys heard about the new YouTube policies? Uh, they're fucking us in the asshole. That's uh, we, what's happening. Whoa, yeah. PG. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so much for PG. No, yeah, they're they're like, oh man, that's what I'm kind of scared. I'm like, what the hell? If, like, what happens if uh, you know, they don't like something you say? Did they just uh, like switch you well, off air? Or so just... many of our videos, like one of our videos, was like sexing corn snakes uh nope can't have the word sexing in a title or you don't ball python really yeah they took <laughs> it away wouldn't give us our money for it oh my god dude just because that's what sexing. i sexing like <laughs> yeah that, I, I i saw that um they emailed me all the rules and i'm just going over this and i'm like oh my god fuck dude that's gonna suck and they they're gonna but... learn eventually i think if someone like facebook comes up with some type of YouTube ask video service where you can get paid off of ads. They'll just everyone's gonna switch to YouTube Facebook because YouTube doesn't yeah. doesn't provide any like anything for its creators. Like Casey Neistat can't even get his videos monetized at this point, and it's like that's your yeah, the, guy, dude. That's that's know. the thing. It's like I don't know why you're trying to. You can't nerf the world. You can't nerf the fucking internet, bro. It's yeah. like that's all. Point. The internet is a monster, and whatever's out there, it's out there, and kids are gonna find it if they want to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but that's I don't know. I guess 
We gotta be all proper now. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, they're only gonna, I feel like it's only gonna hurt them. But podcasts, yeah. you can say whatever the fuck you want, because whether it's streaming yeah. live on YouTube, either way, I'm gonna put it on download. And if it's off of YouTube, whatever, we'll just record we it. We just can't put it in we'll the title. <laughs> yeah. We want to. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, even with like songs we put that like we know aren't copyrighted, like we get it specifically non copyrighted, copyrighted, they'll like come back and try to fight all yeah, that. Sometimes you get it's just really music, but. I don't know. They're just on it a lot lately. Well, as far as Instagram, when did you start Instagram in comparison to YouTube? <laughs> Good segue, babe. <laughs> that was a great segue. <laughs> you were just going off and Sorry. I don't know what the fuck Sorry. you're talking about. So I was just trying to reel you back in. Um, well, YouTube, I started first. Instagram, I don't even know when I started. Maybe like four years ago, maybe. Uh, but I think I felt like I got in kind of late, but now I realized that I, maybe I was a little early than everybody else. I felt the but, same way, but I didn't go all the way in for long enough in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw like, I mean, not, I didn't, I don't remember any reptile people that were big back then uh, when I started, but it's, but I just thought, I'm like, yo, this is perfect. Like most reptile people just want to see pictures anyways. Right. So I just... I just thought it would be a good, you know, like a good uh, platform for us. And then there was that, like, when Snapchat was taken over for, like, a year, and then Instagram got Instagram stories, that's when, like, everyone came back, and there was, like, a second boom of the Instagram thing. Yeah, I think I think Snapchat is for a younger crowd right now. I, a lot of the people that follow us on Snapchat are, like, like younger kids and stuff. Um but uh but yeah instagram i think instagram is wonderful man it's the it's the best thing ever so what have you done to make sure you have a shit ton more fucking followers than, than us have. <laughs> what have you done to differentiate yourself from all the other losers out there like oh, us? okay don't call us losers <laughs> no. hey man we all start somewhere but um listen i all i did i just I made it a, a thing to take quality pictures. I invested in, I mean, I did this before I had the Instagram because I wanted to post really nice pictures for online sales and stuff. So I invested in really nice uh, camera and I was just basically ad uploading my pictures from my camera into my computer and then posting them on Instagram. Um, and I just hashtag this shit out of it every <laughs> single time, every single time. Okay. What I do is basically I have on my notes Copy on my phone, <laughs> copy and paste. Yeah. Like for the crested geckos, I have like a certain hashtag paragraph for gargoyle geckos, for chameleons, you know, like, so that's what I just did. And I just try to like provide some people some sort of like, um, some sort of like information, something like make them want to follow you. Not just because you, everybody has nice animals, but. I mean, if I, I feel I feel like if you give them some sort of value, you know, like teach them something maybe or post some fucking cool videos, um, then they'll they'll follow. <laughs> I think I need it for the captions. I never put anything. I'm just like the animal, but I should really like fucking talk. I've people. noticed a lot of people put like, did you know, da -da 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 -da, like you know, random yeah. fun facts or stuff about the. Oh. Yeah, and I and it's it's important to interact like. I feel like that helped me out a lot. I always interact with people, mm -hmm. but it, it takes a lot of time. But you know, it is what it is. I'm like I'm always on like fucking something. If it's not Instagram, I'm answering questions on Snapchat or Instagram or some other shit. But it's always like 
it's all it's constant it's not it's not, it never yeah. stops that's the one good thing about this podcast is like i don't know if you can see it on your end i don't think i don't know but don't there's like a it. chat going on well right now they're talking about something weird on the chat but <laughs> usually the chat is like they're asking us questions like you know related to what we're talking about and it's just a good way to like directly like i know our followers by name and like we yeah talk I, to them for real like real yeah people. right now they're talking yeah, about something awesome. called i Mando. have a couple followers like that too that's the best you know especially when i like i'll meet them at a reptile show and you're like oh shit like you know you you know by a little username and like a, a little tiny profile picture mm-hmm. but when you see a person it's like it's, it's so much it's crazy it's like oh shit you're 40 and you're 12 yeah you're 12 um do you think it's possible to be successful in the gecko world like without doing reptile shows yeah absolutely um because i've seen other people do it ac reptiles i don't think he goes to any reptile shows okay yeah so i know it's possible and um i mean i have like i used to work with underground reptiles um, obviously they're not just gecko, they're like everything under the fucking sun. Yeah. But um but they they only do Daytona really. The Daytona show here in Florida. Um and they like those guys make a lot of money. Now living in Florida, this is you know, the absolute best place to I be to if ask. you're a herper. So do you keep some animals outside and how has like the Florida How's just, that benefited you? Just herpetological yeah. fucking everyone <laughs> benefited yeah. throughout this whole thing. Yeah, that's that's a good thing about living here, you know. Um like the Panther Chameleons, we house outside, day geckos, we house outside. Um we could house uh like tegus, iguanas, like pretty much you know, everything we wanted outside. Um the the problem would be the space, obviously, but um but yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, here you could go, you know, 20 minutes south and then start herping for uh, iguanas or alligators or, you know, all I mean, that's illegal, invasive but... species from all over the world. Yeah, we you could find veiled chameleons. You could find fucking a million different species of, of anoles and everything, man. Do you think that affected you in keeping, particularly you see so many lizards, like in gnolls. Do you think that affected you in keeping lizards instead of maybe snakes? You know what? I've always had a fascination for lizards in particular. Like ever since, I remember when I was when I was little in Venezuela, like I, um, me and my dad, we used to go into the, like the rainforest, the mountains. He used to take me there all the time. And I was just like fucking like dumbfounded by some of the the lizards you see over there and i was just so interested in them of course i love fucking snakes too but not fucking snakes but But, um but i just i don't know i I just started with uh with the lizards and the geckos and all that and eventually i will you know get into snakes personally i love the blood pythons i really really want to get into them um but uh i just i just wish i just had more space i'm actually looking right now into getting a bigger facility because I'm like, I'm, you know, crammed in that, in that room that I have right now. Now this is something we've been talking about as far as are we keeping all the animals at our house or are we eventually going to get a second building? So it seems like you are leaning towards maybe getting a building instead of keeping it in your house. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
because what I did is I we made the garage into uh, like an insulated room, and uh, I ca- I have all the reptiles there for now for the most part, but uh, it's it's just crammed right now, and I I have basically around 120 square feet. Um, I'm looking into places with 500 or 600 square feet. Um, that way I could really take it to another level and then eventually, you know, go up from there. Gotcha. So when do you, if you had a plan, a business plan, when do you quit your day job and become full time? What is your day job? What is your day job? So (laughs) my, my other, I actually, I stopped, uh, I stopped everything and I'm doing this full time Uh now, but, um, my, uh, my, I, I also teach Muay Thai, which is, you know, I mean, you see my, my posters in the back. I, I fucking love MMA and all that stuff. My two passions are reptiles, animals, and, you know, fighting and MMA and all that stuff. And I teach that. I've been doing that for like nine, ten years now. Um, so I teach that on the side. And I've done like everything, man. I've been a realtor. I've been, I've worked retail stores, like. I've been a cook, like I've been a lot of things. Yeah. So, <laughs> would you? Nope. Oh, no, <laughs> I you, lost you it. You look like you're about to ask a question, but you don't say anything. Nope, but that's my beer. That can say that. I would so like what that is your beer. Plan as far as in the future, would you like to just be that online guy, or do you still want to go to shows? Do you enjoy doing the shows? No, I I like going to shows. Um, because I think what connects with me is like. The first time I saw Crested Gecko was at a show, and I still see those people that, like, they hold the gecko for the first time, and you, you just see their li- eyes light up. Um, so I like going to shows, and, you know, I just see a lot of cool people. I meet a lot of cool people. I've met a lot of great friends through this reptile uh, world, you know, um, a lot of lifelong friends. And um, you, in the reptile shows, you just meet a lot of a lot of cool people, and I like to put my face out there. You know, I don't want to hide behind the fucking computer all the time. You know. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people, especially in reptiles and stuff, that don't really talk to people very well or want to be you social know, to themselves. They don't really want to be social. So I think it's important that. I mean, that first step of differentiating yourself at a show, if you look at like our friend Ryan Sullivan, he talks to every, even though he's selling retics, he's talking to every single he's person. Talking he's talking to the 10 year old who he knows shouldn't buy it. 10 year old holding a retic, but it's like he's talking to them and talking to their parents and like he does a really good job with that. So I think it's easy to differentiate yourself that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. And then what other things are you doing through? I mean, I saw you doing an auction on Instagram and stuff. Whoa, I've I mean, never seen stuff, that. Yeah, we even though we get people inquiring about buying stuff on Instagram, it never really converts very well as to far a as sale. a sale. So how do you yeah. go about doing those auctions? So when I first started, the same thing. You know, you get a lot of people that hit you up and they're interested, but it never really converted. But now, like... I'm making a lot of sales through Instagram, you know, but don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of people that, you know, that come and they say they want to buy an animal and they don't really, or they, I mean, that, that always comes with, you know, that with that many people, you're always going to get like some little kids or something that Mm -hmm. maybe they can afford it. But, um, but yeah, the, the auctions, man, I just, I saw, like per, being in Florida, I meet a lot of these people that are in Florida. Ben Siegel is in Florida. Um, you know, these guys, and I see his auction on Facebook is like crazy. Like he's always has 
weekly he probably auctions off like I don't know, maybe like a hundred animals or some Easily. something. Damn. Like, yeah, he's it's nuts. And the great thing about an auction is like um it moves stuff, you know? Yeah. It it moves stuff. You could have an animal posted online and maybe you won't sell it for the same price. Sometimes you do take a little bit of a risk, but at least you're moving animals, you know, and you're keeping, keeping like the name flow. out there and excitement yeah, exactly. and buzz around your stuff. Exactly. And I think people see that like like, for example, the other day, uh, somebody picked up, well, not the other day, it was like, maybe like three weeks ago or something, somebody picked up an animal that I usually sell for like, like 400 bucks, they picked it up for like 275, you know, so that's like a good deal. Mm -hmm. People see that and they're like, oh, snap, I got, I got to get on these auctions, you know. Um, so yeah, man, I think I'm just always trying to think about ways how I could like, you know, keep I just innovating stuff. I don't know. I, I just, cause I see how, what people do on, on Facebook and I'm like, all right, well, Facebook auctions are run ran by when it comes to Crested Geckos, like AC reptiles and a couple other people, they, they run that, but nobody's really on Instagram. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take Instagram. And also you see that Facebook trends for the like, 25 to 55 group at this point <laughs> and Instagram you're looking at the kids that are going up so it's like you're on the offense saying like this is going to be in the future so Ben exactly. Siegel was one of the biggest auctions on Facebook because he started so early doing it before anyone else was doing auctions so I think it's important to note even if it's not that successful in the beginning if you're doing Instagram auctions I think you're just trying to be on the offense and ahead of the game Exactly. And that's another reason why I'm on Snapchat, you know, yeah. like I told you guys, I think Snapchat is a younger crowd, get on but Snapchat. It, <laughs> that younger crowd is going to be, you know, 25, uh, 30 years old one day, and they're going to be buying reptiles, you know, and, and I just, that's how I think, man, I'm, I'm in this for the long term. Mm -hmm. I always tell the buddy of mine who's in the same business. I'm like, listen, this is not a, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think a couple steps ahead because before you know it, the next fucking thing comes up and then you, your old platform dies. And if you're not adapting your, your, so is your income, so is your, you know, and you can't be religious about that. Like, Oh, I'm the Instagram guy. Well, if exactly. Instagram goes down, I'm not the fucking Instagram guy anymore. <laughs> exactly. I'll be the fucking, I don't know what it is guy. I'll do exactly. The There's no emotion. You can't have yeah. emotion to that shit. It's like, um, a buddy of mine is just going fucking viral right now. Like he's exploding right now. And I'm, and I've told him like, you gotta be careful. You know, like, first of all, a lot of people are going to fucking come up to you. They're going to, you know, a lot of people are going to come and try to, um, make a buck out, out off of you, you know? So you got to watch out for those people. And that stuff is, it's fake. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't really I mean, it matters to a certain extent, obviously, because you can make a living out of it. Um, but uh, any day, any day, that. like I've ha I've heard of accounts getting hacked, and then they and they, they got to start from zero. Right. You know, things like that. You got to be fucking prepared for that stuff. Maybe I'm just paranoid. Or something. I didn't think about that. Oh, our our like measly thirty five hundred followers. Get, I don't want to start over. Once you get the attention, and you if you go viral for one thing, I feel like you got to go rapid fucking offense and just fucking yeah. put a bunch of shit out there and try to get people from all over on every platform I don't okay yo so so have you guys seen that video um it's one of my videos that a gecko's on my hand 
No, and I haven't watched together. any of your videos. I'm sorry. Hold on. No, it's, not, it's not a YouTube video. All right, hold, hold on. It's not a YouTube video. It just went viral, though. It was like a 30-second clip. Like, okay. a guy goes on my hand, and it jumps, and it jumps. Wait, I did. That's the one you showed I me. Should, yeah. I did. That's the one okay. I've seen. I tried to do okay, there you go. That's all you need to know. So that video, that video went fucking viral, right? Up. And um, this is just a tip of advice for anybody who goes viral in the future. Um, I was fucking, that was the first time. So I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. It hit like a million views on my chat, on my uh, Facebook page. And then Died. people started calling me. People started hitting me up. Unilad oh, hit me man. up. Whoa. I, I'm not sure if I could. All right. So <laughs> but, uh, they're not listening. These people hit me up. These people hit me up and they're like, hey, uh, um, we like your video. It's awesome. We want to share it. And I'm like, oh yeah, fuck. That'd be awesome. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to bring a lot of traffic to my page. No. Fuck that. <laughs> Don't do that shit, dude. They, they, so they tell me, okay, go to our website and, um, fill in like the, you know, send us the link to the video, you know, put your name, all that stuff. And you got to agree to the terms. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you sell your rights to the video and then you can't. <laughs> fucking use it for anybody else wow you can't give it to anybody else and you can't even monetize it on your own youtube so channel you make no money i no not not right yeah exactly so what i did get a whole bunch of followers on my facebook page i went from like four thousand to like ten thousand in a couple of days but you know i was getting offers afterwards mm -hmm. telling me that people that work with like shows like ellen and and like fucking crazy like TV shows, they're telling me like, hey, we're interested in working with your video. You we can give you some. Me. We can give you some like um resid like some uh residual income and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, no. I got so pissed. I wanted like fucking. I wanted to fly up to Britain and. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so let that serve shit. as a as a lesson to anybody else that's listening or or you guys if you go viral one day <laughs> see we i mean went, we want to go we viral went, like semi-viral but only for negative shit so like we oh, did yeah. we went to the sweetwater rattlesnake roundup and overnight we got 50k views on facebook but and then it got banned and then a bunch of people it was just like 24 hours well it's people so the the sweetwater rattlesnake roundup happened well there's multiple rattlesnake roundups in texas but sweetwater is the biggest one and it's basically like throughout the year it's who can kill the most rattlesnakes pretty much and bring in the most pounds uh, when the roundup happens. So we made this video of them like kicking the rattlesnakes and them beheading them and having children like bathe in their blood and put their handprints. Yeah, that was the gross. There's this part. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's there. Shit. It's like in a, a not an arena, but it's like in an a, arena. Yeah. It's kind of like an arena, and they have this section of it where you literally they hook the snake on, they gut it. The people get to come up and do it, and then like once you gut it and everything, you dip your hands in the blood and you put it on a wall like and a like sign what your kind name. What fucking people it's are these? So disgusting. <laughs> and they have like a Miss Rattlesnake Queen, like because you know every fucking small like town has that a sixteen girl with like her crown and her nails done, like dipping her hands in rattlesnake blood, and like yo, this sounds like some fucking it's nuts. like it's a horror movie. Like I was yeah. halfway puking the whole time we were there. But like the video we made was 
actually pretty good. But what happened is like it just got banned so quick on Facebook. Because it was too graphic. But why? Because it, it was graphic. Everyone we'll we'll send it, it to you. It's pretty graphic. So it's like it's like the people who were against rattlesnake roundups reported it, and the people who were for also reported it to get it out. So it's like both sides just reported it, and then. Yeah. People just kept on like commenting. All also, this it got lost. Like, liberal how do you keep it? I don't know how to keep it from getting lost because you know yeah. people, other people would share it, so they couldn't even see that it was like, but it didn't hours anymore. You know. So like on Facebook, it's important to have your video autoplay, but if it's deemed graphic, it doesn't autoplay, so therefore no one really sees it unless they click on it specifically. It's a whole fucking thing. But anyway, that was our yeah, little side 24 of hours of... But yeah, 50K overnight, it felt cool. Oh, yeah, really, really. <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice, right? But uh, I mean, that stuff, it can happen. It, it's kind of random. I have videos that I'm like, okay, this shit's this for sure going viral. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like 50 views or something, and I'm like, oh, fuck. But, uh, but yeah, it's you never really know what could go viral. But um, Do you think you've like, think- figured out? The YouTube game, because we have that too. Like our videos that were like, God, this is awful. Like no one's going to like this. Then it's like, you know, blowing up for us. And then the ones we really like, (laughs) it doesn't work. Like, do you feel like you figured it out somewhat? No. I mean, if I figure it out, I'd be like PewDiePie (laughs) or something, like making a living out of it. PewDiePie's getting kicked off a lot. I don't know if you want to be. I didn't know. I I didn't even know. Look, yo, my sister watches that guy, and I was like, I was like, why are you just watching some guy play video games? And then and then she tells me about him. He's like the number one YouTuber. And I'm like, oh, my fuck. Like, people just watch him play video games. I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that. I just play video games and I get paid for it. All he had but, to uh, do was not do Nazi propaganda films. And, yeah, you know, but he did. And he got man. in trouble. And <laughs> But, I mean, it wasn't. It was out of fucking context, just like everything else. Yeah, but didn't he do but something I mean, else? I think I think with the YouTube, um, I don't I wouldn't obviously I haven't fi- I don't think I figure it out but I um, like I've been working with this company that that uh, that uh, helps me with my videos and stuff okay. and they they always give me like tips on uh, like how to name your videos like if you just put for example like Crested Gecko eating it's not as ex- as exciting to somebody as if you put like um, like you won't believe what this crested gecko will eat. Like some shit like that, you know. Like for some reason, I mean, I get it. Like it works, yeah. Yeah, but um, that's the part that I need to get better at. Cause sometimes I just kind of like put whatever. Right, very just, literal. That's how our brain I, thinks. I can try to be way too honest about it when I should just bullshit more sometimes. Right. No more sexing corn it. snakes. You gotta say yeah. you or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> how do How do you even say that? Like, <laughs> right? I don't know. Male or female? Um, <laughs> male or female? <laughs> and then they're like, "Don't assume the gender of the fucking corn snake." <laughs> my, all my corn snakes are non-binary, so it's kind of. Oh, uh, dude, it's so bad. I don't. <laughs> but yeah. I know what I wanted to talk about before, but I forgot to bring it up, is you have a business partner, correct? Yeah. So, Manny, right? Yeah, Manny. Okay, so what made you decide to get a business partner? How did you meet him, and do you finally have a benefit to having you know, a business partner? Um, well, I, I actually met him in high school. He was a friend of mine before he... 
before we did any business together or anything, he was just a friend of mine. Um, we became really good friends after high school, and I actually sold him his first Crested Gecko. Um, and I kind of got him into reptiles a little bit. And then um, now he, you know, like, just like me, he kind of saw the possibility of making money with it. And he said, oh, people could actually make a living with this. Um, so he started, you know, working with me. And, um, yeah, he's been doing good, man. He, he's the one who mostly does the chameleons and the, and the blue tongue skinks. Okay. Do you keep your collection together or he keeps at his house no. and just kind of split the capital? Yeah. Well, well, the way we, I mean, he keeps it at his house. I keep my stuff at my house. But uh, when we do get that facility, we'll be going, we'll be putting everything together at one facility, you know? Aren't you so lucky your business partner lives with you? Well, my business partner has got to start spending as much money as fucking things. So as far as, so like you're basically doing Crested Geckos at your place and he's doing more blue tongues and chameleons. Yeah, I'll do like Crested Geckos, Gargoyle Geckos, um, some of the other geckos. Yeah, I I do some Europlatus here and there. Um, He's doing, he's focusing really a lot on the blue tongue skinks and I'm going to start I'm going to get some blue tongue skinks for myself too. He's actually going to, he actually sold me my first uh, blue tongue skinks. Um, so it's pretty cool how, how it comes full circle. You know, I sold him his first crested and he sold me my first uh, blue tongue. But, um, but yeah, so he does a lot of that. He's focusing a lot on that because we think, um, especially with Brian Barczyk and all that, he's, he's been, he, he's been saying that blue tongues have been coming up, but he's the one who's driving them <laughs> up. Makes it come like, up. Popularity and he, he, like his videos are the ones who are bringing the blue tongues up, you know. Right. So we've we've gone into the blue tongues, um, and yeah, I mean, and they make awesome animals too, man. They're really really beautiful, especially with all the colors. The northerns, shit, you can tell. Us. <laughs> I can't. The, they're so gross to me. I'm sorry. They're so really? gross. Listen, I, I, I still think one. they're stupid and awkward looking animals. <laughs> they're so gross. But, but after you hold them and you and you like see them in person, they're like, oh, they're pretty cool. I think I think the because um, when I had a blue tongue skink a while back, I had a Marauki or whatever, you know, one of those imports. But I used to make specialized like greens and fucking blended up. Good lord, stuff too much meat. work. But it's like now they just do dog food. I feel like dog yeah. food is gonna end up being what the baby food is to was to Cresties back in the day. So I feel like. Maybe we can do a little bit better than dog food. Do you have any opinion on that? So yeah, um, from what I've, I'm not, I'm no expert, obviously, but uh, from what I've learned about that is that blue tongue skinks in the wild they're very, um, how do you say that? Like they're disposable. Like they dispose of like carcasses and all the all the bad shit, basically. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, like they'll eat everything in the wild. They will eat like anything. Um, so dog food, they, uh, what, um, the, like dog food has a lot of protein, which they need. And it has a lot of the, um, I don't know. Manny knows this shit better than me. A lot of the compressed petrified animal parts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I think it's always good to, uh, put variety in the diet, but, um, yeah, I think you might have a point because a lot of people Rapashi being one of them is developing like a all in one blue tongue skink diet where you could, you just kind of oh, like wow. mix it with water and it makes like a gelatin and they love that stuff. Yeah. So 
um, yeah, it might be one of those things that it, it might be in a couple of years, we might find out like, oh, maybe this wasn't the best thing, you know, and uh, people will start feeding whatever. Are you happy you don't have to deal with rats and mice? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> Do some of your leeches and stuff? You ever feed them rodents? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I feed them like little hoppers or pinkies every now and then. And even the bearded dragon sometimes too. Just to see uh, a gecko eat a rodent is cool. Yeah, it's What's yeah, so cool it's about it. It's just a gecko. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's yeah. cool. just like just like you do the the Pac Man frogs and they eat a rodent. You're like, are the frogs eating a fucking rodent? You say that like what I know savage. what that is. So the, explain <laughs> what a lychee is because she doesn't know what a lychee is. So explain like how big so, they are and what you do with them. Okay, so a lychee, the common name is a giant gecko. It's the world's biggest gecko right now. Isn't that okay? also a food? I'm sorry. Aren't there little lychee balls? Right. Little I mean, I'm sure you can eat it if you want to. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it's the world's giant, the the biggest gecko. It gets up to like the biggest ones can get up to like 15 inches and like 500 grams. Holy and to put it into per, in in perspective, a crested gecko is like 45 grams average, and maybe like nine inches. Okay. With the tail and everything. So it's just a big, meaty animal. You know? mm-hmm. And now, do they require more protein than a crested gecko, or what's the difference there? Yeah, well, they could they could be maintained on those diets as well. But uh, but yeah, I definitely, I would if if somebody's starting off with a lychee or something like that, I would definitely say add some pinkies into the diet. Uh, maybe some roaches, um, crickets. A lot of times they they don't eat them right away. But uh, there's this method, kind of like braining a pinky, you know, where you kind of mm-hmm. like take the head off and let the juice. You do that with a cricket for a lychee, and a lot of times they'll eat it. Um, so I, I definitely think it's really important to give them, you know, that extra protein because they are in the wild. They're more predatory than than crested geckos and the other geckos. And do you feel that um, I know that there's a diet with insects in it for cresties? So there is. Oh, I forgot what the company is, but it's Crested Gecko with insects. Yeah, Pangea. Do you think that suffices, or would you rather give them live prey, and why if you prefer live prey? Um, well, I I think I always give live stuff. Even if I'm feeding the insect diet, I always I always tell people you still feed live um, because I think the nutrients, especially when you're gut loading your insects and all that stuff, you can, if you're – you're, you know, gut loading with carrots and kale and all these different things. It's giving the animal a little bit more variety, which sometimes in captivity, they're not getting all the variety they need than they're getting in the wild. So I always tell people to gut load them. And I don't know. I just feel like the real thing is always better. Yeah. Sometimes keeping it simple may be the best option as far as old school goes. I think sometimes people don't yeah. realize that what you feel what you feed the prey actually matters when it comes to Oh yeah, oh absolutely dude. Absolutely. You see that with the growth of animals too. Like if you're feeding shit, you know, if you're not gut loading your crickets or something, they it's just kinda like feeding like empty calories or something, you know? Right. Basic question, what's gut loading? <laughs> like so gut loading is like uh Feeding your crickets uh, high-quality ingredients, basically. I mean, like kale, uh, 
romaine lettuce, carrots. Okay. So the sense you know, of having just, them eat. Not just like stuff you wanted to. Yeah, not just like person <laughs> giving them good stuff. Like it's funny there's it a name for that. For nutrients. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean just, you want just being a good keeper <laughs> is what it sounds like no, to like I mean, no one thinks of feeding their cricket. <laughs> have you a have you ever held a, a gecko Absolutely or a lizard? Not, not going to ever. Well, well, no interest. Didn't you did really you end up holding that satanic leaf gecko? No, I watched you. No, that one is cool. That's I've thought it. Though I do like those. If we fuck. Those are incredible. They just eat fucking roaches. If we, okay, but yeah, we shit. can't do that. Yeah, they, they eat insects so only. So tell me how to keep a satanic fucking <laughs> leaf gecko without feeding it roaches. No. <laughs> without feeding it what? Roaches. You can feed it crickets. Do you feed all your Europlatus and stuff like that? Do you feed them roaches? Um, yeah, so but mostly crickets. But they'll eat they'll eat roaches too. But uh, yeah, crickets. The roaches. The good thing about roaches is they don't smell like like crickets. But just look at them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, but I just mean, look your at crickets. Them. I mean, they always get out. They're always loud. They're exactly. Always That's around. the thing, yo. Crickets are fucking annoying, man. They get out. They chirp. They smell like shit. It's just like <laughs> it sucks. Crickets are the worst thing in the world. If there is one thing like, that I could like Remove. get rid of, <laughs> somehow keep the animals alive, it would be that. Yeah. Okay, I have a question not about feeding. Do you have another one about feeding? No. Before I... Okay, so in my little bit of research before this, um, I googled. Like 10 minutes before? like one No, before. it was like two hours before because I took a nap before this. So it was before <laughs> my nap. Um, but when we were talking and I was googling, it talked about, you know, different morphs. And we... You were explaining that morse and geckos is just different patterns and different. You said phases, which I, I still don't like, understand. I feel that. like morph pertains to a genetic mutation that's either codominant, incomplete dominant, dominant. Um, but I feel like the crusty mutations are more color phases. So then, is morph animal. the yeah. right word? Then okay, the so I think technically you're right. Um, but ooh, there is actually um, at least two genetic mutations that we know of right now in crested geckos which is the lily white which is a co-dominant and um have. yeah which i have which we'll get and then <laughs> and what we'll we'll get into that but okay. also the yeah, xanthic yeah. right and then the xanthic is the other one which is uh, a recessive but uh, most of the other stuff is um is very is like polygenic you know it's like if you breed like the two reddest animals, you'll get really bright red animals in the next generation, things like that. Um, and then there's some other um, morphs that are. The thing is about crested geckos, they don't have like a wild type. You know, they don't mm -hmm. have like a normal. The the normals are there's a mix. You know, there's like the ones that they found in the wild that were like flames or like patternless or brindle. So like we don't know, we don't have like a blank slate to work from. But there are certain traits that you could tell, okay, this is kind of like the Dalmatian trait. It passes along almost like a, like a, like a co-dominant um, because there also is a, like a super Dalmatian. But um, yeah, it, like 
the thing, the weird thing about that though is like you could breed two geckos that are not showing the trait and still get babies that have Dalmatian spots in them. So does that mean there's heads or something? It's I mean... not, but that, that then it's not a co-dominant. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it's a, exactly. So exactly. that's the thing. Sometimes and nothing. Other. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, so it's, weird, it's up like, to opinion as far as this is a super Dalmatian, this is a super exactly. harlequin, For, whatever. Here's, here's what I tell people, though. Here's, here's what I tell people. If you have to ask if it's a super Dalmatian, it's not a super yeah. <laughs> if you see it, if you see an animal and it's just fucking covered in spots, you're like, oh, that's a super Dalmatian. You you know right off the bat. If you have to ask. Don't work. Don't don't even think about it. <laughs> and I've I've heard people mark things as like ink blotter or something like that. Also, which what would be that? like large spots on the oh. Dalmatian. Exactly. Yeah, there's like uh people call the the ink blots are like the really big uh, spots. Sometimes it's like a cluster of spots that form that. Um, but is that really a, that's not a morph? It's just. I guess technically it's not. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's confusing, especially when you come from the snake world where everything seems so binary, like genetic. Like there's just there's, there's just the, so genetic the guidelines. But I mean, and you're working from a stock of like how many animals? Maybe like fifty animals in the beginning, or you know, a gecko. yeah, exactly. Of the fact that you have yeah. a gecko that they thought was extinct, and now you have all these different color phases. I mean, I think it's pretty amazing, and goes towards like. How the game survived in the wild. There's way more animals here in the States than there. There's way more animals in Florida than there are in actually New Caledonia. Right. Like, like there's just, crested geckos are so prolific. Like, they just breed so well and they're very, like, they're strong, you know, genetically, you know, they're, because originally we started with, like, I think it was a group of, like, around 50 animals I think that's what Alan told me, Alan Rapashian. He said that uh, he just started popping up different things in his colony and he just called it, you know, like a Dalmatian because it had spots, yeah, a pinstripe yeah. because it had the lines. And he kept kind of like line breeding those until, you know, now there's hundreds of thousands of crested geckos being produced every year. And they're all, they all stand back to, you know, a small group of animals. I mean, it makes it a cool market because, like, some people like Dalmatians and some people like Harlequins. And, you know, it's really up to their personal opinion on Which what ones? you want to pick mm-hmm. up. And then obviously there's there's levels to where there's really crazy Harlequins and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a pretty even – I mean, as far as – you see all the designer geckos and stuff. Um, are you working – is all your stock originally from that wholesale lot or have you branched no. out from there? No, I've I've gotten a lot of stuff over the years from different people. To this day, I still like to add some new blood into my lines and see where I could take a certain group of animals, you know, and 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 projects. But uh, I I'm like, you know, I, I try to I try to diversify the blood. I mean, to as much as I can, you know. But um, but yeah, I'm always looking to add new animals and 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 branch out and. So now that, that. now that we're talking about new animals, um, tell us about the lily white, how it's different from like a regular, you see a lot of those cream colored geckos and what you plan to do with it in the future. All right. Okay. So the difference between a lily white and a high cream gecko is basically the lily white is a co-dominant. Now, if the, the super form is a fatal gene, it, it, 
the animals don't survive. It's a leucistic crested gecko, but um, when it does hatch out, it only lives for like a couple hours and then it dies. Sometimes it won't. Most of the time, it won't even hatch out. Mm-hmm. But basically, the lily white you could breed one lily white to a plain patternless gecko, and half of the animals will turn. Will ha- will be lily white. And half the patternless. Okay. And and half will be patternless. If oh, you God. do that with a high cream gecko, uh, so look when you the offspring that turn out lily white, the the amount of cream and white that they have is, is like almost identical to the parents, or if not even more. Now, when you do that with a like a high cream crusted gecko, you put it to a patternless. A buckskin, let's say, like a brown gecko. Um, the ba- the offspring you'll get, you'll get a mix of different things, of patternless, of you know, of harlequins or, or whatever. But the cream will never be as bright. It'll fade out to a yellowish. The cream from high cream geckos is selective breeding and line breeding to get the brighter and brighter cream, the wider and wider cream. You know, so that's where the where the difference is. If you breed a cream gecko to a Buckskin, a plain gecko, you're going to get, you know, normal looking geckos. If you breed a lily white to a normal gecko, you're going to get some lily whites and you're going to get some normal geckos too. Now, is, does it benefit you to only breed them to things that aren't, you know, high cream geckos so you know the difference? Um, well, right now, that's what I'm, I'm experimenting. Um, I do, I breed it right off the bat. You could tell as it hatches. You could tell it's a lily white, you know. Um, I mean, I have a lot of experience with it, so I, I've seen a lot of babies hatch, obviously. So I could tell right off the, the back it's different. But um, but I could see how sometimes if you don't, if you're not experienced with it, or if you're not sure what lines you're working with, you could hatch out a really nice high cream animal, and it might look just like a lily white when it's a baby, you know. So I think it definitely takes some experience and. Um, Obviously, you might want to grow it out a little bit more just so you could see it, the whites to start to come in more. Okay. Now, if we took other things as an example, say a spider ball python or a jaguar carpet python, where just about to they ask both, that. when bred together, create a deadly form of a leucistic snake, exactly. but it doesn't hatch out of the egg. So, But those both have neurological issues in the regular co-dominant phenotype. So... Do you Are there neurological? Any, yeah, if you see any <laughs> difference in the lily whites as far as maybe neurological issues or anything different than a normal crested? I, I haven't seen any difference right now. Um, I'm really early into the breeding though. Uh, but I have talked to um, the the you know the one who started it all and he said that and he's put this the information out started I'm, it all. That sounds, sounds very official. Um he said that uh, for the most part, he has about he said I think it was like five percent will have with will hatch out with some sort of um, like little tilt in the in their head. He said I think like, it was like spider. But um, he said he said that the trick to that was to incubate cold like cooler. If you incubate warmer, you could have more problems with the offspring, or you'll have um, like less uh, a hatch. A percentage of hatching that is lower, you know. So you want to incubate a little lo- cooler than than usual, and uh, so yeah, that's some, that's another thing, you that's know. I mean, interesting. 
with a bunch of uh, with you know um i think it's the enigma leopard geckos yeah and um yeah like the spider ball pythons there's a lot of things that are that uh Legal you know fake, yeah that fucks them up but um right now like my lily whites they all act normal they all look normal you know um i haven't hatched out anything that is like doing backflips or something <laughs> but, uh, obvious yeah but um but yeah so that that is that is a possibility that that in the future you know if people aren't really breeding with uh with the proper you know they're not keeping um like track of what they're doing and what they're breeding that you're going to start to see those problems right i think it's you're lucky kind of with geckos because you get to speed up or slow down development of your embryo in the egg for python eggs you're working with 88 to 89 degrees they're all hashing at 55 days whatever but with geckos maybe yeah. that slower development at lower temperatures makes it somehow fully develop more as far as the neurological thing goes which is really interesting what were you gonna say um, I was just going to ask for a very quick, short and sweet synopsis of the breeding process of, of crested of geckos because that didn't, that wasn't included in my research. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's very basic. Um, it's basically, you can put up a male and a female together as long as the temperatures are, are like room temperature, you know, in the seventies, um, if it's not too cold. Usually if it's like in the in the lower 70s, maybe like 70 or, or the high 60s, that's when they kind of won't breed. But if it's like 75 to 78, they're 99% of the time they're going to breed. And um, all you got to do for them basically is give them enough uh, like visual barriers to get away from each other if they want. Mm. You know, you give them obviously enough food and water and they get along perfectly fine, you know. Um, I've never really had a problem with crested geckos or like gargoyle geckos where um, an animal kills another one or, or anything crazy like that. But there are certain other species of geckos that that happens. Like the giant geckos, which we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier, they're very, very, um, they pair bond. So you can't just put any two animals together. And same thing with the Chihuahuas, which are another species of geckos native to New Caledonia. But um, yeah, it's it's very easy. It's as easy as putting them both together, having the right temperatures, feeding them, watering them. And pretty soon, the, the females will lay a, a clutch of two eggs every month or so. And you incubate those at room temperature as well in okay. vermiculite or super hatch or perlite, whatever you mm -hmm. have. And uh, room temperature... Like around 75 degrees, they'll usually hatch out maybe like in 70 days or so. You know, if you make it cooler, like 68 to 70 degrees, they could take up to 120 days. Um, and warmer temperatures, maybe 78 to 80 degrees, which I don't really recommend going that high. Um, you could hatch them like in 45 to 60 days. Yeah, so when, when you hatch them... When you wait until they develop a little bit more in the egg, though, the babies do hatch out a little thicker, a little okay. bigger. Mm -hmm. The crest, will ten they tend to be a little bigger. The tail pad and just the body overall will be a little thicker. 
didn't realize they're called crested geckos because there's a crest. Hey, so I've noticed that people kind of will judge geckos on like the width of their head and stuff. And I never really understood that. Can you explain a little bit about what is aesthetically pleasing in a, in a crested gecko rather than anything else? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people, it's a crested gecko, right? So people want a nice crest. crest. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So a big triangular head, you know, with like, they call it floppy where, where the, where the crest basically is so big that it starts to droop down. People love that. Um, especially if the, the crest, like the little spikes are really nice and pronounced. Um, a gecko that is bald, which it doesn't have crest, like, or it has barely any, it barely has it, it, its head is not really triangular. Um, that's a bit less desirable. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot of people, lo- like, that's something really big. Like, especially when you're looking at breed animals, you kind of want to get, like, the nicest structure of an animal. Right. And does breeding temperature that the affect crest- it directly? Crestedness. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you... If you incubate longer, if you incubate cooler, it'll, the, the baby will be in the embryo longer. It will take more time to absorb uh, like the yolk and stuff, and it will make it a little heftier, a little bigger. Right. So, I mean, that's the same exact thing with corn snakes. So, Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, I was wondering, is there any like signs in crested geckos like that they're – ready so like our jungle carpets we talk about like when they start cruising that shows like they're the they're the, the, yeah the males are start hunting like they're ready to you know make some babies so in crested is there any sort of like i don't know what the word i'm looking for uh, type of sign that they're ready to breed or ready yeah to of size. um well well the females might start laying uh infertile eggs and usually when they do that, they're usually of size already. Um, and the males, you'll start, you'll see they develop like a, like a bulge underneath the tail base um, where their hemipenes are at. And they vert their heavy, their hemipenes and they, you know, they lick their own hemipenes. <laughs> <laughs> so once it grows balls and it sucks its own dick, then you're ready yeah, to go. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, oh my so, god. Okay. So the, the crested geckos will suck their own dick when they're ready to go. Well, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson <laughs> hey, is that true? You know, Marilyn he Manson says it's not true. I believe false. it. But no, no, no. But true. Marilyn Manson, he grew up around where I live right now in Coral Springs, and uh, the owner of Underground Reptiles he used to be in in a like a rock band or something, and they were buddies back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, small world. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So wait, where where in Florida do you live? I'm in South Florida. It's by I live in Coral Springs. It's called uh it's like like thirty minutes north of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So I feel like we can't go this podcast without suggesting, even though he's a gecko person, suggesting that he goes to uh, Southeast Carpet Fest in Cape Coral, which I don't know where that is. Cape Coral, South Florida, too, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know where Cape Coral is? Yeah. Yeah. How far are you from there? Probably like an hour or so. Okay. Well, we're gonna drive like thirteen. Oh hours, Jesus! So. We'll say that. 
Um, so Southeast Carpet Fest is going to be the first year, but there's other Carpet Fests all around the... Basically just a bunch of snake people getting together. But it'd be so interesting to go. It's going to be at... But I'm wondering... Whose house is at it? At Dave Palumbo's. But I'm wondering as far as meeting people in South Florida, you went to Ty Park's place, right? Oh, well, that's... Yeah, that's yeah. way cooler than Southeast Carpet Fest. No, right. Do you know who Dave Palumbo is? Yeah, I seen him. The uh, rip, the the ex bodybuilder. Yeah. I call. Him, I'm not gonna say what no, I call don't him. Say anything. Um, <laughs> but Sally's Carver Fest is gonna be in May. No, it's gonna be in February. You don't even know I, your stuff. I'll talk to him. Sorry. After. God damn it. What the hell? Well, we're rolling. Okay, go change the subject then. <laughs> I was trying to talk about Ty Park. Okay, then do it. So, did you go to like Iguana Fest, or why were you over there? Were you just taking a tour? Yeah. I... Well, I've gone twice. Um, I went once to take a tour, and then the second time I went for Iguana Fest. Uh, I, I, my buddy um, has um, a business where he he deals with like a lot of the predatory birds, like owls and falcons and all that. So at Iguana Fest, we had a booth, and I was just hanging out with him and uh, um, kind of helping him out. And um, yeah, we were just there. Ty has an bro. Ty has so much land. So as much land, like so many. South people. Florida, does that set a precedent as far as you're gonna have to have all these lizards, or are you trying to stick within geckos? No, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to expand to other lizards. Um, especially living in Florida, you know, I could really use a lot of that natural sun that we get and the weather, which is perfect for reptiles. But, um, but that, you know, I, I think that that's gonna take some time to build because. Land is, you know, it's expensive, <laughs> so right. I gotta, I gotta build up to that. Right. I mean, it would be very nice to get pick up a few rhino iguanas and just keep them out yeah. of the Grand Cayman iguanas and that stuff. But I mean, as far as like Tom Crutchfield, someone who keeps like snakes outside, would you ever consider doing something like that? Um, maybe. You know, I don't, I don't. Uh, what kind of snakes does he keep outside? He keeps pretty much everything he owns, as far as like even retakes and stuff like that. He'll have out. In, oh like, yeah, yeah, I have cages. Seen and I mean, people are very like eh, iffy about that kind of stuff. But why? I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it obviously survives and thrives out there, and I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. So I don't know. People are just like, you know, South Florida is not Indonesia, but. Then again, either is your fucking plastic box and your exactly. I mean, fuck. Exactly. I Neither is that tub you have, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, if I'm keeping lizards, I'm gonna keep like those type of lizards, iguanas, um, tegus, all that stuff. I for sure keep it outside, no problem. Yeah. The snakes, I guess, if I did Burmese or. or or things like that, yeah, I would keep it outside. Clearly, do well out in the wild there. <laughs> exactly. Do you do you keep your cresteds in tubs? Yeah, tubs. Okay, so do you think there's a downside to keep them in? Like some people keep them in exoterras or even fish yeah. tanks and shit like that. Yeah, the downside to that is it's really heavy. It's expensive. Um, I mean, obviously, if you if you have if you have a a gecko as a pet. Obviously, you don't want to keep it in a fucking tub. It's ugly. But <laughs> if you if you want to have a you know a collection or a business, you got to keep them in tubs. It's so much better. It keeps it. It actually, I say it's better than than actual 
glass enclosures because it keeps humidity in better mm-hmm. and it's not as clear. So the geckos kind of have a more, more secure, they have a better understanding uh, of the a better sense of security, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, last yeah. week uh, during our podcast, I think someone was watching from Germany or something and they're saying that they are, they keep things as natural as possible. And yeah. We all thought that was like, I just don't know how you have a business when you're keeping everything in huge, huge things. Like it's just not possible. I mean, there, there is a reason why all the biggest breeders, reptile breeders in the world are in the United States. And let me tell you something. I understand those people. That's cool. But if I could, if I was rich, I could, if I could do that, I would, that that's awesome to me. Like it looks so cool, mm-hmm. but there's no way you can maintain. There's no way you're gonna pay for all that you have and to have make a, whole a profitable. House, like a, a yeah, separate and house. the animals really don't care because if you if the animals did care, you would see a decline in production and the lifespan of animals. You would see higher stress levels. Um, you know, with with a, at least when I'm speaking about geckos, um, the animals don't care as long as their basic requirements are met food, water, and, you know, basically hiding spots, which is for them, they're going to be fine. They're going to be A-OK. So a lot of people, I get that all the time. I, You know, on YouTube, whenever I show my uh, my tubs or something, every now and then I'll get those people from Europe and they'll be like, how can you say you love your animals if they're in tubs? And it's like, the animal doesn't know what the fuck it's in. It doesn't care. <laughs> it just wants to... As, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing them a service, not having them in the wild. You're and, readily and giving them food and predators. water. Like, I think that's pretty much the best survival thing ever. <laughs> like... Yeah. You'll, you'll never see a crusty gecko as fat as they are in captivity in the wild. They're all, like, skinny as hell. Yeah, it's like people are so bugged out about the looks of their animals. In the wild, these things have fucking 10 ticks on them. They're eating rodents yeah. that look like dog shit and all types yeah. of other things. Yeah, they have scars. Maybe missing an eye or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The other, the other time, um, not so long ago, we were herping and we found a an iguana with a BB gun stuck, like where the skin, yeah, where the skin had um, healed over the BB gun, oh and we felt it, and it was hard, and we just pulled, like, kind of like popped it, and it was just a BB came out. <laughs> That's some straight Florida awful. shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> straight for, popping yeah, BBs out of iguanas. <laughs> Eating our alligators and shit. That should be the name well, for this that podcast. Kid Baron who talks about all the weird things he eats oh, out of Florida. He's over, he, is he, in he, there? Was, he was on here earlier. Yeah, he he's on from the South chat. Florida. He'll we got a lot of Florida people. Of this guy, Raz place. in Miami, he's in South Florida. And he get he said he gets giant anoles, frilled lizards. I mean, nice as far as I mean, for corn snakes, I would love to be just around all the. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a bunch of corn snakes that you could find. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, all the time, freaking everything in Florida, everything. But as far as I feel like I had a question, but I just forgot it. Oh what no. Happened? Um. Okay. Question. Didn't we talk question. about earlier, like leucism in crested geckos? So since we know that in snakes the bug-eyedness is connected to leucism, do well, you think they're all dead? They're... He doesn't know. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. So that's no fun. But as far as Exanthic, <laughs> are you in the Exanthic project? Not yet. I'm I'm holding out on that one a little bit. Um, I'm holding out on it a little bit. But when I start to see that it's getting some progress, or maybe the prices come down a tiny bit, 
I'll, I'll hop on it. So that's recessive, right? Yeah. So, I mean, really the only play is to put it to Lily White or else you're not going to know your exact results. Um, well, the the guy that has the majority of the um, Exantics right now. Altitude Exotics, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, Look at your research. 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 <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Altitude Exotics, yeah. He, um, he's, he... He's been breeding them into a lot of different morphs. Um, from my knowledge right now, he he has one that is a pinstripe uh, azantic, which is fully white. It's not any. There's not an ounce of of cream on that thing. Um, and uh, and he's trying to work with that. He also bought into some lily whites, so he's gonna breed those and see what the hell he makes. Which that's really exciting, but, mm-hmm. but it's I gonna be a couple years. That's kind of a dead end too, as far as you get the exanthic lily white, and then all you can do really is line breed to that. But, I but mean, the thing about that is the with the lily white, there's so much variety with it because there's red lily whites, there's white lily, um, there's a uh, dark lily whites, there's yellow lily whites, there's like the lily whites kind of. Are you guys familiar with fat tail geckos by any chance? Not really. Wasn't we reading them? Yeah, you're reading them. Was it African? Oreos and Yes, African fat tail geckos. Oh, look at me. He said it. So there's a... I got the African part, okay? He's like, you hear about African fat tail geckos? No, he said fat tail. He just... Oh, and you spill beer. That's what you get. So with the African fat tail geckos, there's a gene that's called the whiteout gene. Which is very similar to the gene, the lily white, in my opinion, because it's also a co-dominant. It's also, it doesn't, um, you know, the super form isn't viable. And it adds a lot of white pattern and it whacks out the pattern in African fat tail geckos. And that's kind of like the same thing that the lily white does in the crested geckos. So um, it's really, it's very, very, you know, there's a lot of ways you could go with it. You could, you could use the crested gecko kind of polygenic stuff and start adding the lily whites and start making your own type of lily whites. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you can my question, ways with it. My question would be once you put the lily white in there, are you just making everything a mixed bag or is it still going to be come out with some of the good polygenic stuff? Yep. It'll come out with some polygenic stuff too. Like there'll be lily whites that are pinstripes or lily whites that have Dalmatian spots, you know, so you, it it just depends on what you breed it with, but a lot of these animals are just a mess because they're you don't really know what like if you have an offspring like a crested gecko you don't really know what it could have inside its genetics or whatever that that could cause you know certain things to pop up you know right. I don't know it's it's weird. It's not we're not as scientific as uh as snakes snake but people it, but it's <laughs> way kind of, not straightforward as far as like our genetics are mostly straightforward until you get to what else you like is like borneo blood pythons and shit they're fucking all over the place and they're borneo yeah. short tail pythons someone's gonna fucking murder me about the blood thing but i don't know i mean they're saying. all over the place as far as they have the same polygenic random shit going on as far as and then also co-dominant things so that's another yeah. confusing I don't know. thing to me um, someone asked, what's the difference between an African fat tail and a leopard gecko and how can you tell? 
<laughs> okay, so an African fat tail gecko comes from Africa. That's <laughs> my question. <laughs> the leopard geckos come from the Middle East. The, there's a couple little dif differences. Like, for example, African fat tail geckos, their feet will be a little stumpier. Um, their toes won't be as long. Um, and a lot of them, most the African fat tail geckos, for the most part, are either banded or they're striped. Um, so it's really hard to explain, but when, when you, when you get like a, a feel for it, of how they look, you know, they, you can because just see. physically they kind of look very similar, you know, the fat tail, their, their build is very similar, but when it comes to the patterns, that's when you start to see some of the facial structure too, like fat tail geckos have a, like a little, like a stumpier face kind of, um, but it's just, you know, it, it kind of takes like. It's like if somebody asks you what's the difference between a freaking, I don't know, like a green tree python and a emerald tree boa. Like to the average person, they might not see the difference, but I mean, to us, so we know exactly which is the difference, you know? Yeah, it just happened to something that co-evolved on opposite sides of the earth, but somehow looked the same, like an emerald and a green tree, even though they're completely different and completely the same in some ways. Exactly. I don't you know. know? You, well, I feel like all the emeralds that that whiteness that's not on but to, the to green. Trees. No, there's some green trees with a lot of white on them too, though. Okay. And then there's you know that's a whole other thing, man. Okay. We already acknowledged how little I know. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but as far as I mean, it seems like people go into leopard geckos, and then they go into African fat tails, and they may go into knob tails. Or you go the other route, you go crested geckos, all the rachidaculus, all the uroplatus, all the other geckos that kind of look like each other. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, but no, it does. Why it does. do you think it why do you think that happens? I don't know, man. I think well for the I'll tell you with the crested geckos and all the other New Caledonian stuff, I think it's because of how easy they are to keep. And it's like you could get a completely different at well. You could get a different animal and it's really the same exact care, but it's like a giant gecko or like a, a fucking mossy gecko or gargoyle gecko. It's just different colors, different patterns, and it's just a different animal, but you're like, oh, it's just as easy to keep. Same thing with the leopard geckos and the fat tail geckos. Same thing, you know, um, and the knob tail geckos too, you know, they're all very similar. I think it comes down to when people, to the to the housing of them, you know? Right, yeah, just general care, stuff like that. Yeah. Nope, I'm just looking at you. I don't have a oh, question. Okay. So, I mean, you have your Rachidaculus, all that other stuff. What are you planning on pairing this year? Well, um, things other than Cresties, pretty much. Right. So, have you? There's these lizards called Abronia. There are the alligator lizards. Which uh, those species do you have? Someone talked about those. Yeah, the, I have a Bronia graminia and a Bronia lithrachilla, and I have a single male of a Bronia mixteca. Um, they're really, really, really cool animals, man. They're very, um, very intuitive. They kind of like look at you. They're, I don't know, they're like very smart for a lizard, you know? Like they'll, they'll look at you. They know when you're going to feed them. If you're going to like try to grab them, they'll kind of like run away. But when you get them out, they're very docile. Um, and uh, they're just really cool animals. And in a couple years back, they were 
like a thousand dollars or more each in you know a piece um now unfortunately there's been some a lot of like uh they've been smuggling a lot of them in mm. it's a lot of wild caught animals and stuff and that's like uh i i that's kind of like a bad side but at the same time in the wild they're there's a lot of deforestation that's happening and they're not going to make it much longer in the wild. I feel. Um, so, so I feel like <clears throat> with the bad, sometimes comes some good. I think that hopefully somebody will figure them out here in the States um, because they are endangered right now, actually. So hopefully somebody could figure them out and, and start, you know, producing them and kind of like the crested gecko, you know, we thought they were extinct and then they brought them to the States and, Crested geckos might be endangered right now in New Caledonia or critically endangered, but in the States, you know, the, the species is going to live, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to outlive the, the, you know, the actual animals in the wild. So I think there's, that's one of the positive sides to, you know, to our hobby that sometimes it kind of keeps species alive, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. It's like, cause all the cloud forests in, North America, which would be Mexico or Central America, all that stuff where all those abronia are, are just being so fragmented and, you know, they're cutting down all the lumber and that stuff. So it's like they're not going to have any place to live, but they're going to live in our collections. Is that enough to like, are we saving the species? Like at least some people know that they exist, but it's like, should we just not cut down those forests? But then it's like, you can't stop stop that. You know, that's a completely different thing. Like, Bro, fucking, if you start doing the research into all the deforestation and all that crap, you get depressed because it's like, yeah. damn, all these, like, it's, it's you know. But it's really I people know. trying to eat as far as that goes from there <laughs> or live. from Borneo, all that stuff. Those people are just trying to eat when we're here fucking sitting here saying, don't right. chop down the trees, but we fucking got houses and <laughs> fucking a job where you sit in a cubicle and shit. Exactly. Like, they don't have that luxury. Going to fucking. Well, yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, but uh, it's so, like to a certain extent, people. Um, there's a lot of of the animals that are being uh, well, they're they're going extinct and in a lot of different parts of the world, and it's like there's nothing you can really do. You know, it's they're gonna fucking. You can't stop the machine. You know, it's gonna keep going, mm-hmm. and it's gonna and. And whether you like it or not, it's going to, you know, those animals might might uh, be extinct one day in the wild. So I think that, you know, in captivity, you could at least keep them going. And a lot of people enjoy them, you know, so why not? Um, why not have them? It's I read this book about nonprofits in particular, like um, what do you call that? Conservation nonprofits. And it's like there's only one thing that links all these stories together is that they all lose that they're all fighting a losing battle to where you yeah. deforestation they never win yeah like fuck man we're pretty fucked but i mean what are you gonna do well that's why things like us are well that's exist. just keeping for captive so it's like oh how do you keep the wild but i mean i just yeah i just true. keep snakes in plastic boxes man. <laughs> I don't know. all you can <laughs> worry about is what you're doing i mean that's at the end of the day like you can't but I can't think fight cool every fight like um you know crested geckos have become so popular things that are you know we have a bunch of things that are very uncommon in the wild but 
are kept very well here and propagated like rough scale pythons that kind of thing yeah uh now have you guys gone to the narbc show in tinley park he has i haven't oh man it's the greatest show ever I bought a bunch it's... of crested geckos there last time. <laughs> really? That's where I got my How group of crested ago? geckos. Um, it was probably four, three years ago, maybe. Three years ago? Yeah, that's where Do I got you shirt, the Chicago Reptile. Stand up. Show it off. Oh, it's your Halloween, Halloween shirt. shirt. Chicago Reptile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost try. That's fucking corny. Um, did you go to Tinley this year? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. There's so many, like, I think, like, for gecko people, that's, like, the best show ever, because... For everyone. All the ge- <laughs> for, for well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know much about the other world too much, but... But, uh, yeah, like, there's, like, like everything you could ever think of and high-quality stuff, you know? It's the best show ever, dude. I wish I could I could uh, go vend over there. Maybe next year. I think people Isn't don't... it, like, a thousand, or how much is it for a table there? It- I, I heard it's like 350 bucks oh, or something. Perfect, man. Get I the fuck out of here. Let's <laughs> do that shit. But, I mean, people don't understand that it's more about just being in the community. Like, Networking. Like, it was different than any other yeah. show I went because I stayed there overnight, and it's like you get to really meet the real motherfuckers who real are here. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Real dogs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You meet the, the, the OGs over there. Yeah. And it's different when you look at someone on the internet and then when you, you know, drink with them or hang out with them or, you know, do whatever and have a whole day. Do whatever. Really <laughs> do whatever. What's the do whatever? Do whatever they want. Just let yourself be free and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I know in the snake world, there's very few women. Are there any big women in the crusted gecko world? Big women. In terms of big like women. breeders? Uh yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, there's a couple. Uh like when it comes to like um like some of the, the bigger breeders, uh there's one in California that's scaredy cat gecko. She's really big. Um I, I think she downsized a little bit, but she was one of the big like she had a lot of animals a lot um uh, and there's a lot of hobbyists like there's a lot of girls that are like small time breeders but there's like all over the place not as good you know (laughs) men at propagating (laughs) reptiles that's really why aren't there more girls there's a lot of girls in corn snakes and colubrids really cute and small and who Who's big? A big bre- I can't think know. of a big breeder that's a girl. Well, not big, big. Yeah, I'm like, talking about big. Within the hobby, big. I mean, I know there's, who is it, like Jesse Mundy or something, a girl who does crested geckos? Oh, yeah, yeah. But but she's not she's like a, big, she's know. like a hobbyist more. Okay. Yeah. That's funny that I know these people because it's like <laughs> Facebook and the community, you yeah. just like meet like. You have everybody as if friends. If I know someone's yeah. name in Crested Geckos, then they must you be do. big. Yeah, for sure. But like, why aren't there more girls? Like, I just don't get it. I I kind of understand girls not being in snakes, but I don't understand girls not being in Crested Geckos. Like, what are you trying to say? You're working with girls and animals. I'm saying they're not scary. <laughs> I just don't like them, but they're not scary. Snakes are can be scary. You're not gonna get a you know. Uh, huge ass retic sized crested gecko like <laughs> so why aren't there more girls 
I mean, there is a lot of girls, but um, like big breeders, big time breeders. Um, yeah, I don't. It's just don't, like, why aren't there a bunch of women entrepreneurs? But I feel like there's just a certain gene that makes girls more compassionate and Excuse- guys more dumb, uh, like. But you're taking care of an animal. That compassion is needed. No, yeah, but there's. I, I agree. I agree. Thank you. Yo, no, I agree. With who? With who? <laughs> with Joe. Oh, fuck. There you go. <laughs> because. Um, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but I think men, like... Competitive. God, we're going to get into fucking... Jesus. YouTube's going to, like, yeah. cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, men tend to be more entrepreneurs and stuff, and it's not to say that women can't or whatever, but um, I think we just have a little bit more of a drive because our ancestors, the guys are usually the ones who are... Out there hunting for food. You yes, women we can't drive. <laughs> She's like, hey, don't invite her to the podcast ever again. <laughs> no, we've had way worse. Oh, yeah, really? We've had way worse. What's the worst you've had? Like, what could go wrong? It's, it's our friends. Yeah, so. I mean, they're friends, so we accept them later. But it's just... No, it's funny when you have some people like, like we'll have someone who we're friends with on the outside and they come in and they do the podcast, but they do it like right next to us and we drink and then we just bullshit about random stuff and you kind of, you know, you just start working off each other and we'll say like ridiculous well, shit. Well, which is what's happening now, even no, though we're yeah, not together, it's still happening. happening. Even though you're through the computer, you know. But I mean, that's the beauty well, of the podcast thing because it's more our genuine selves instead of instead of trying to put on a front. As far as like, I don't think right now that I'm on camera or anything. It just feels like, like we're hanging out. We just hang out and talk regularly, like fifteen-year-olds right. who Skype all the time and talk to each other. <laughs> so, what do you guys what do you guys do besides um like breeding all the snakes and stuff? You mean like what's our day jobs? Is that what you're asking? Or yeah. Do you guys have day jobs? Yes, I'm a teacher. Oh, nice. What do you teach? I teach ages three to six in Montessori. Very few people know what Montessori is, but she's you know that know. more compassionate, more giving you know to the children <laughs> type of role. To where I'm a man, so I do data entry. Oh my God, shut up! I had to. <laughs> I had to. A kid. I already told you. A kid called me a liar today, and well, I had to have a very heavy lying. conversation. Stop <laughs> like, lying, first of all. I didn't lie. She's just sassy, and she called me a liar. <laughs> and she was five, and that's not okay. And we had to have but a serious we're discussion. Like very normal people, besides the fact that we have a bunch of snakes in this extra room. Yeah, we're not to your level where we can quit our day jobs yet well i mean i'm i'm only 24 i live at, i live with my parents yes, we're 24 i'm 25 <laughs> How dare you? Oh, okay i'm like a lot well, older no, than but, you so whatever no well i don't know the thing is i the reason i could do this is because i still live with my parents i now i paid off my car and all these my bills and stuff with the gecko money and i could probably live on my own right now but i'm like let me just build this business first yeah, and then like, I'm not rushing into things. I'm not like, you know, I'll take my time and, and, uh, and then when the time comes, you know, I'll do everything else. But Shit, if we lived I, with one of our parents, we'd have so many more snakes because like, we had so much I more money. Wish, that's why I say to a lot of people, like, I wish I still like, 
I was so like headstrong about not living with my parents that at this point it's like I'd be so much better off if I lived with my parents. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the thing. Like you know, I mean I think everybody wants to like fucking move out and like live their life on their own and, and already. But I'm I just kinda like took myself back and I'm like like nah, I just um, you know, I, I want to build this thing first because I don't want to. When I move out, I don't want to come back. I'll rather live in the street first before I come back. You know, and I, I mean, not that I hate my parents or anything, but it's just like I don't know. I just Once I want to be sure. Step, you don't want to regress back to where you were. So. Exactly. You want to progress. You want right. to go up. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, I would have stayed with my parents and made a nest egg or something, you know, like, and saved up money or just spent it all on snakes. Or you would have spent it all on snakes. But I didn't have that yeah. foresight when I was 18 and moved out to go to college and then moved out to do all military yeah. shit and moved out to do everything. It's hindsight is twenty twenty, but... But we're making it now, yeah. hopefully. We're trying yeah, to be like you. We're just trying to be like you. <laughs> I think I think everyone's trying to be like someone else, which is kind of part of the problem. So it's like, why don't we just enjoy yeah. our process? Because if we make it full-time in the reptile business, it's going to be different than how he makes it, which is going to be different yeah. how Tom Crutchfield made it in 1970. Well, yeah, because you know? we're not smuggling things in our pants. Well, well everything's <laughs> going, everything, it's its own thing now. It's so much different, and, like, yeah. it has their own path. There's not one way to get somewhere. To make it. And I think definitely he hearing him say that, like, he's had Instagram for four years, YouTube for six years, like, that's very... Uh, What's the word? Refre well, not refreshing. That's not the word, but I don't know. It's reassuring, reassuring to know that's that the word. everything doesn't just... Because you see some people, right? And it happens yeah. seem seemingly overnight. And for us, it's been always grinding out. Even for... We've only really been going that hard for like eight months. But I feel like we're doing all right. But it's like you well, want... Yeah, you guys, you guys get... How long is... How old is your YouTube channel? It's old, but we've only really been doing since last well, April. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, when have you really started to like post and stuff? Last April. April twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, yeah, April of this year. This, yeah. You see, I mean, I obviously when I started in YouTube, I was I was much younger. I didn't know. I kind of learned as I went, but um, it takes time, and that's what I tell people that wanna like do this, like. This is not like an overnight thing. This takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of like research and just fucking looking into things. And you know, it's not an overnight thing for sure. Some people it might be. You know, some people get lucky or or, or they just have that like it factor. But, but the rest those of us are yeah, those aren't even the norm. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't look at somebody. It comes back to what you were saying. You can't everybody wants to be like somebody else like you gotta accept you gotta know who you are i think that's a big part of it because like i'll have friends um who i love very dearly but they to this day they're not really sh and, and that's okay not you don't have to know what you want but you gotta know yourself you gotta know that if you're following and you're doing something you gotta know if that's something you really want to do or if it's just like a uh a bullshit thing that you're doing just to make money on the side or, or whatever. And if you don't know that, you're, you're I feel like you're never going to go anywhere because you're always going to be switching back and forth between, you know, hobbies or occupations. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've 
when I got a little bit older, when I was younger, as far as, I mean, that's not too far. Someone who's listening to this, who's much older than us is like, I don't want to say like back in the day or something, but like when I was 18, I didn't have that foresight to see that you need to like go through things. You don't just switch things on and off. So like when I chose reptiles to be my thing, I need to stay on there and just never quit and always do it. So like, even I talk to my friend Ryan and we're always like, Oh, we're so fucking lost in the world. Like, I don't know what we're doing. And then he's like, but I wish I was like you where you have your thing. And it's like, yeah, I should appreciate that. Yep. We, we know our thing. So it's like, yep. listen, I get that all the time, man, because I have a lot of friends that are like, and I just ask them. It's funny. Cause I ask them, I'm like, dude, what do you like? And they're like, I mean, I like a lot of things and I'm like, yeah, but what the fuck do you like that you would do for the rest of your life? And a lot of people don't know, man. A lot of people don't know. And what I tell everybody is like, just find that thing and just fucking do it. Especially if you're young, especially if you're young, because your risk is so much lower, Mm -hmm. you know, your risk to like, what the fuck? I don't, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a kid. We don't have three Um, kids and a mortgage and shit. (laughs) Fuck no. No. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like there's, there's not that many responsibilities, like real responsibilities. You don't have to like, you know, it's just our biggest responsibility is the snakes. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is the time us that we're young. I think this is the time that we could fucking go a hundred percent and fuck it. If we fail, then at least we'll, we'll, we have tried, you know? Yeah, I'd rather have tried and, and not made it than like be like, what if I could have done this for the rest of my life? Yeah, I want to say I that I tried as hard as I could for as long as I could to make it work. So it seems like the people who do that are typically successful. But even if you fail, I feel like you won't have that regret. Yeah, I never tried. Exactly. All. And listen, failing like I. I mean, I, I get all this stuff because from like martial arts and training and all this stuff, it's been engraved in me and I take a lot of that to apply to my business and everything. It, did I hear you say you were in the military? Yes. Okay, so it's it's similar. Like you can't, a failure, you can't be, a failure can't stop you. You got to find your way around it. You got to solve the problem and move forward. You know what I'm saying? You can't, especially if somebody's starting out, if you mess up, you're fucking, you lose 50 animals. And if this is really what you want to do, then this is part of it. You know, it's no profession you do is ever going to be a fucking a walk in the park. You know, and nothing that you ever plan is going to go exactly as planned. exactly. That's another thing. And sometimes you find you out the fucking hard way. You'll be like, yeah, I'm going to breed this to this and I'm going to get 10 babies and I'm going to sell them for a hundred bucks each. And then. You get one baby and it goes for 50 bucks. <laughs> That's why I always tell people, stop it. They're like, well, I got this and this. I'm going to breed it to this and I'll probably make this. Well, stop with that snake math because the snake doesn't give a fuck what you paid for it or about exactly. breeding. Or any of that. You know, like you got to make all that shit happen. You can't exactly. depend on that kind of stuff. I have a totally different subject question, which might <laughs> be dumb, but I'm going to ask it. Is snake herping similar to gecko herping oh god um yeah uh, <laughs> you spotlight a lot for geckos right yeah for like lizards and like iguanas and stuff you'll spotlight 
So you'll have a like a flashlight. You'll be looking in the trees and you're looking out for the the shiny scales. Um, but for snakes, you could either road cruise. Depends on the snake too. Like those are like little rough green snakes. You mm-hmm. kind of do the same thing. But like burnt like pythons or horn snakes, you gotta like kind of like road cruise or going to an area where you know there's the snakes, leftover shit. You right. know, so you, you know. So in so with geckos, you're looking in trees. Yeah, um, mostly like yeah, trees, little bushes, um, you know, walls like in crevices, like in between. If like there's a like for example, one time we were um, harping in the keys, and there was like um, just piles of wood stacked up on each other, and we moved them, and there's like fucking fifty different kinds of gecko in there. Wow. Yeah, and and there's like the iguanas, there's like all all over the fucking place here in Florida, in, well in South Florida. I know here in Texas we get those Mediterranean house geckos, and they're always yeah. like the lights that attract all the bugs. Yep, in front of your house or something mm-hmm. like that, or in your apartment building, there's lights that attract all the bugs, and the Mediterranean geckos will be hanging. Oh, out there. never noticed that. Yeah, yeah, same same thing here. We have those here too. Those geckos are everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's. Oh, I don't know what those invasive. are. I mean, I yo, what? So where in Texas place. are you guys? We live in Dallas. In Dallas, so were you guys affected by uh, by the hurricane? No, no right? Like it's Houston, right? Yeah, it was Houston. Yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Were you affected by Irma? Not really. I mean, we lost power for like maybe like five days or so. That's serious. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you... trust me, that is not that bad. Okay. And then we found ten to... with BBs in them, and no one gave a fuck. <laughs> yeah, we just fucking filled the fire. Uh, no, but. It's not that bad compared to other people who got their fucking shit wrecked, you know? Did you at least have, like, uh, a generator or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. I had to. Cause I would lose all these geckos. These guys, right. anything over 85 degrees, I'll start losing geckos. Gotcha. So I had to get a generator, a portable AC unit. I even got, like, um, like a water extractor just in case there was okay. flooding in the room. Dang. Uh, yeah. That's one yeah. thing. You see all those giant breeders down there, but it's like... For me, I'd be so afraid of hurricanes and stuff like that. How do you prepare for that? You gotta fucking <laughs> put shutters in your house and hope for the best. Cross your fingers. Like. And then are you yeah, one of those Florida people is, that doesn't evacuate ever? Yeah, I didn't evacuate. Well, I mean, animals, the thing is, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got. I had some family that evacuated. But these houses, like the newer houses, are made to withstand those hurricane winds and and all the shit that will be thrown at them. Um, but we still put up shutters and stuff. The what I'm always worried about is the power outages and if there's flooding, you know, because that could fuck a lot of shit up. But the what I heard is like in Texas, the dirt is since it's drier. The dirt doesn't absorb the water like it does here. So there's – that's why – in Houston, it's kind of like a bowl, right? Isn't it? I don't know. That's how New Orleans is, and that's why he – I'm them. from New but Orleans, and like, he won't let me I move I think that's why Houston got so flooded. But here it's – I mean, there wasn't any – like there was some flooding in Manny's house, but uh, his uh, – it went down like in – his backyard was like flooded, but it went down like in a day. 
So you guys don't have like any basements or stuff. Like when I grew up in the Northeast, like we all you go in a basement. In a basement, you hit the water. Yeah, that's how it is in New Orleans. But you have downstairs, and that's it. You don't have a basement. Then you're gonna hit the pipes below sea level. So you're fucked. No matter what. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, people. I bet there's people who have snakes in New Orleans, and they're just fine. Yeah, but yeah, definitely have to make adjustments, and I don't feel like making adjustments. That's pretty much. He won't let me move home. Nah. You're from New Orleans? I am. Oh, man. That's a... It's Mardi Gras there, too, right? Yes. It's town for savages. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> fucking crazy. Especially this time of year. Especially Halloween, right? Yeah. Any to- any reason to dress up. We have a... I mean, there's a Halloween parade. There's all kinds Mardi of stuff. All that weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't get it. It's the best. We like to party. We know how to party. Joe, were you born in Texas? No, I was born in New York. So neither of us are from here. So that's probably we'll probably be out of here within. Not probably. <laughs> Definitely. You don't like Texas? No. Why? <laughs> this area in particular, I think, isn't a very. Um, there's a lot of really good like snake keepers and herb keepers and stuff like that here. But, I mean, as far as Dallas goes, there's not much culture and stuff to I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to do, just not our kind of stuff to do. I don't know. This all sounds fucking lame. Yeah. Are you from the city? or? No, I'm from, like, I mean, that's part of why I wanted to move out of my parents as soon as I could. I'm just from a shitty town. It was either, like, you know, the people, the only people in my town left are the people who just, like, drink to pass time and... Yeah, that's pretty much okay. it, man. So there's never really anyone getting anywhere. So plus it's expensive for no reason, even though you're upstate without anything to do. It's that's still funny. as expensive, still more expensive. So would you ever live anywhere other than you live now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Florida's awesome, but I hear California's pretty badass, so I wanna check that out. Um I mean, I don't know. I mean I think uh, I like the tr- like I like I don't like freezing to death. <laughs> I also I feel like in the snow is I mean it's all cool and stuff when you go visit, but living there and especially with reptiles is like if something happens, man, you're losing all your stuff. I'm oh, a Calubrid yeah, well, guy. I put them all in yeah, hibernation. That's, <laughs> where, that's what we're about that's to move. Yeah, we're about to move back to the north, and I'm a little scared. I don't do snow, and we're about to move right into. Wait, where are, you, where are you guys moving? We're moving to Philadelphia. Oh man! So basically, the That's big cool. thing, at least for what I think about having snakes and stuff like that, is being places where you can get land cheaply or get housing cheaply. Yeah. So, what's your plan as far as Florida goes for that? I mean, or California? Florida, <laughs> I mean, Florida seems like a great no. place for that, though. Yeah, no, listen, I would love to live in California, but it is really expensive over there. Um, You know, Florida, as far as Florida, I think I want to move up north more towards Orlando. Um, Because I actually, I also want to have like a a reptile store or something. Um, You feel South Florida maybe too flooded for reptile stores? No, no, not in Orlando. In Orlando, like that area, like central... um, Central Florida is a big market for reptile people because some of the biggest reptile shores are in Tampa and Orlando mm-hmm. and Daytona. So like all the reptile people are kind of like in the middle and there's not really that many good reptile stores over there. 
but uh i i wouldn't even if there was i would still feel like i could i could go and no problem you know yeah so. the biggest reptile store though it's here it's underground reptiles and then there's also the jungle they're all like right by me and then ben siegel's new store is in miami which is called like okay. miami does does Ben Siegel still run the Ben Siegel auctions or is that someone else? What well, Ben? It's Ben Siegel's partner. Okay. It's his, yeah. Well, I just, I won an animal on auction a while ago, but he, I don't know, it just fucking went away oh. after he put the bearded dragon in his mouth, and then yeah. it was exactly that same exact time where I won the animal, and then it just was like a weird thing where I didn't get it, but. That's why I was wondering because it's like, do I still? Did you pay for it? Well, no. It was like a waiting payment, and I was like, they gave me, they ended up giving my money back, so it was all good. Oh. But I was just wondering, like, do I ever buy from Ben Siegel? <laughs> really, this is a oh, bad yeah. place to put that no, out there. This but is it was... the thing. When that happened, um, from what I heard, is that he, um, like. I don't know. He wasn't taking some medication. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not sure. Too. But what, what, whatever happened, happened. But every time I've talked to him, he's been a super nice guy. Um, and he's, you know, you know, we'll talk here and there and he just seems normal. Um, and his partner is really cool too. Um, so I, I've never had a problem with them. Um, I'm not like one of those guys that are like, like, oh, you... Like, people fuck up. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the fuck was going on. I don't know what was going on with that. Because I heard he was... He had that person like, die from a cockroach-eating contest also. Yeah, I was what? there. I was there. You... What? Dude, I mean, that's not his fault. That was just but something still, that happened. the fact that you're having that, it's not something I would do. That's all. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's they, not normal, so he had this, It was in a... He used to have, like, these Halloween parties. And... <laughs> A couple years ago, he had a contest. Like whoever could eat the most cockroaches won. Like a, I think it was like a leucistic ball python or some shit. And um, this guy started eating them, and he kind of like choked on his own throw up or something, and fucking passed away. And the worst part about it is that he was trying to get the snake for a friend of his. Oh it wasn't God. even for him. Yeah. yeah. See, folks, that's why you stay away from ball pythons. <laughs> <laughs> no, you stay away from roach eating contests. What the? Yeah, I mean they're just and they're those discoids. The discoids are like this big, yo. Like oh, that guy was like boom, 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 boom. No, yo, okay. Oh my god, there's this okay underground reptiles. There's this kid who used to work. Okay, I forgot his name, but he used to. This kid had no sense of like. Like this kid did not give a single fuck. He he grabbed. Uh, people are gonna flip the fuck out, but he grabbed a rodent, like a little um a small a rat pup, a rat pup. It was a rat pup. So you know those are fucking big compared to like a pinky or something. Dude, a live rat pup. He put it in his mouth. Before he put it in his mouth, he's like, uh, he said some weird shit like good like rest in peace or some shit. I don't know. He put it in his mouth and ate it alive. <laughs> Oh my god. He ate the red pup alive oh god, oh and swallowed god. it, didn't even flinch, didn't even gag. See that's some South Florida shit. 
That's some South so Florida see, shit, bro. So you see people out here, people are, are like on fucking flaca and just eating zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Bass salts. Oh Bass salts. That's, that's, that's terrible. Oh my! Whoa! Whoa! Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah. Restart two hours. I don't yeah. Know yeah. People so, are like late. People have been like commenting like late podcast tonight. I'm like yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty energized after those few beers. Yeah, I have homework to do. <laughs> so. so, David, is there anything that you want to get out there as far as where to find you and stuff? Oh, because like everyone doesn't know. <laughs> hey, man, we got a few people well, over here. Who don't this, this, these are the snake people. I got to exactly. tell the snake people. No, but yeah. Um, well, as far as if you're on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or YouTube, all my social media is always uh, Tiki's Geckos. So if anybody's interested in like, you know, learning more about geckos, hop over to my YouTube channel, um, watch some videos, see if you like them. And then if you guys have any questions or if you're interested in anything, you know, feel free to hit me up. Is it fair to call you Tiki instead of David? <laughs> yeah. So funny thing is that's that was my nickname when I was a kid. When I was uh, when I first moved to this town that I'm living in now in Coral Springs, um, I had a bunch of friends that used to call me Tiki around the neighborhood. And from the neighborhood, it went to school. Like, it stuck to school. Then when I started training, it went to the gym. And people at the gym started calling me Tiki. And then I made it into a business. So you're Tiki, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's cool. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You want to put our stuff out there? Yeah. Anyone who's not our normal followers, who's new, check out Port City Pythons on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. This podcast will be uploaded to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts by tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, so it's not the same as watching the live stream and the video like on YouTube, but it's just it's still good to hear and the if you're audio. Listening right now, you probably yeah that far. So yeah, um, but tell your friends. It's my line. <laughs> tell your friends. All right, David. Thank you so much for being out there. Is there anything else you need to get out there? That's it, guys. Thanks for uh, inviting me over. It was a pleasure meeting you guys and talking to y'all. Yeah, awesome, hope man. to like actually meet you in person one day. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Maybe in a reptile show or something. Yeah. For sure. Later, guys. Bye. Later.